0: Welcome to you to a special weekend edition of The Outsider's Edge. And I am with our, I guess, can, Do we, can we make it official? Are you like officially a part of the show?
1: I guess I'm officially a part of the show. I feel like I'm on the show all the time now.
0: Might as well be. Um, yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get to full-time three-person shows, but you're damn, you're damn sure part of the family. I'm with my boy Kyle Morris, uh, my golden lovers partner. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm living my best life, man. Living my uh, best life. Living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Carl got some uh, family stuff. He got to play daddy today. Uh, so yeah, it's me and Kyle. It's me and Kyle, and uh, we decided to give y'all a special weekend edition. Uh, Kyle's a school teacher, and I work for a school. So school just started. So it's a like lot going on right now. So, uh, But I'm glad we waited, because... The, the, so we already know we're coming off of a tremendous takeover and I think to me and Kyle both a tremendous SummerSlam Highly coming intense. off a tremendous Raw, I don't care what nobody say it was great to me, a tremendous Smackdown a really even a tremendous NXT even though you know it's your standard after takeover but we're gonna start we're gonna be topical and we're gonna start with the biggest news of the moment Adrian Neville aka or FKA Pac has officially from, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, been released from his contract with WWE and is free to wrestle anywhere. So, we got a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Um, Yes, we're going to talk Becky Lynch. Yes, we're going to talk SHIELD. We're going to talk a whole bunch of stuff. But Neville, this is, so this has probably been the biggest non-story, and I I don't mean non-story like it wasn't a story, but that nobody was talking about for so long, that a man that almost a year, a year, a man of Neville's caliber in the ring, a man of Neville's caliber in the hierarchy of the company, just literally sitting at home collecting checks for nothing. So if if you don't know Neville, we all know Neville was the man in NXT. Got called up, did pretty well on on uh, just regular television on Raw, got moved to the cruiserweight division after a major injury. Uh, dominated the cruiserweight division, became the king of the cruiserweights, and reinvented himself in a way that he probably had never been in in his entire tenure in WWE. Um, Enzo Amore gets moved to uh cruiserweight division. They're trying to revamp it and instead of doing what they're doing now, which is focusing on great matches. They tried to make it about great, about big personalities. Well, there were none bigger at the time. The Neville and Enzo, and eventually Austin Aries. Okay. Whatever happened with that, happened with that. But Neville loses to Enzo. Neville ends up leaving. And that's it. So, I'm going to throw you the softball to you, brother. Because before we started talking, you said something to me that caught my attention. And I was like, we need to start now. So, what you think? Alright, here's my thing. If I'm a
1: promoter or a booker for a major company... I might book Neville, but I'm not going to push Neville. Neville didn't want to do business. Neville took his ball and went home because he didn't like the way that he was being used. And I'm not saying he wasn't justified to have the feelings that he felt, but he refused to come to work. If I'm a promoter for one of these other companies, I might book him because I'll sell tickets because people want to see Neville, but he's not going to be my top guy because the second I do something he doesn't like, What's to say he's not going to walk out on me? He walked out on Vince fucking McMahon. You think he won't walk out on somebody else?
0: So, let, let's just, just, just let's just keep it with that particular thought process right now. Because this is a much bigger situation. I'm 100% with you. I've been, since he's left, I've been very adamant that while I think Neville is a tremendous performer, while I really, from everything I've seen, seem to really enjoy Ben Satterley, the person, I think that Anytime you leave your job and don't quit, but you walk off, that's bitch move. That's bitch made to me. Like I understand doing what's best for you. I understand needing a day. I understand needing to make a point. But when you leave your employment and you expect to still, because I guarantee you, are still collecting them checks, right? You leave your employment, especially an employment like WWE, in which you you're not just doing your job. Your job affects other people, and your job affects millions of fans around the world right but when you just walk off and because you, you're unhappy and that, but you don't quit like that's whack to me like if you wanted to make a point and leave quit bro take the three yeah. months you sat at home for a year you could take three months and been done right so I'm 100% with you in that I don't, I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about if I wouldn't sign him or not but you're right I wouldn't push him at least until he proved himself to me And it's not about in-ring, and I know a lot of listeners and a lot of the IWC, all that matters to them is in-ring. That's fine. He's great in-ring, but at the end of the day, I know, and I've been told this a million times, fans don't care, but you have to. Wrestling is a business, and on the business end of it, Neville has proven himself, at least in the past year, to be a terrible businessman. Well, and to give a different
1: example of someone who didn't do anything even remotely like what Neville's done... You know, part of the reason that New Japan doesn't pull the trigger on Koto Ibushi is because he won't sign a long-term exclusive deal with them, and as a business, they don't want to push somebody that's not long-term locked down to their company. Not Neville walked out and didn't quit. That's where the big thing is. He didn't do what Cody Rhodes did. Cody Rhodes was unhappy with being Stardust. He wanted to go back to being Cody. And they didn't want to let him do that. So he said, you know what, y'all? I got to go. You got to let me out of my deal. I got to go. He took his time off. And now he's one of the biggest stars in wrestling.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned Kota in New Japan. Kota was supposed to win the Cruiserweight Classic. He wouldn't sign. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Kota Bushi has lost out on numerous opportunities. Me and you just did a podcast a couple weeks ago saying that Kota should have won the G1. I still Why think you should have. I love Coda. Don't Absolutely. get me wrong. This isn't an
1: anti-Coda thing, no, he's amazing. It, but like you said, this is a business at the end of the day. And if I'm a business owner and I'm thinking about who do I want to represent my company, I need to know first and foremost that whoever's representing my company will do business.
0: And speaking of that, I want to talk about Cody for just a second. We're going to get back to Neville but I, because we're talking about this business aspect of Neville leaving. Cody has made a big deal of him being a free agent and him having being his own boss, right? Yep. But the one time he won a real world championship, he signed. When he was yep. with Ring of Honor, he signed a deal with them. When he yep. was with TNA, he was doing whatever he wanted. That wasn't he didn't sign a deal with TNA, right? He signed a deal with Ring of Honor, and they became it became world champ. He would have been world champ had he not signed a deal. So just just that think about this: wrestling is still a business, and it's not just protection. From it's not just protection for the company on if you were to do something, if you were to do a Medusa or a Ric Flair and just show up with the other belt or do something in another company, but it's also protection for the wrestler, right? Because if you right. want to get pushed to a to a major storyline, you, you I'm sure you you're gonna want to know that I right, we got a three month story between me and Kyle. I I don't work there. I right, well bye. Well, my Why
1: did Daniel Bryan and The Miz face off at SummerSlam? Why didn't they push that farther? Contract was coming up, and as of right now, we don't know that he's signed. Is he going to sign? Hell yeah. Absolutely. He's going to sign. But that's beside the point. We got to run that match now because we don't know. He might decide not to.
0: And like you said, maybe he has signed. But even what, looking from, from a kayf- kayfabe perspective, they mentioned that his contract's coming up on television. So to the uninformed viewer or to the fan, even if he already has signed, we got to get this done now. Right? Right. Even to, to, a, to, a, for, to use a worse analogy, but it's still apt, the reason The Shield had their first ever uh, triple threat at Battleground was because the brand split happened and it was never going to happen again, quote unquote, right? And that's not a great example, but that's the reasoning the business aspect of it. But let's get back to Neville for a second. Um so we'll get onto the all-in ramifications and the possibilities of that in a second. I want to talk about this idea. And this particularly pertains to Neville that you can just that that uh no matter how great you are as a wrestler that your wrestling is what should the only thing that should Say what you what you do, and you're in business, right? Because that's a lot of the reason, part of the reason why people did people were against Roman Reigns from the very beginning of Ronda Rousey, because yeah, they know they're talented, but Roman Rom wasn't as talented then as he is now, but he got pushed before that. But people like Enzo is not talented at all in the ring, but got pushed because of whatever reasons, right? So, do you think Neville was justified in his leaving? Because it's you know we know that he's extremely talented in the ring, but his biggest gripe was, his two biggest gripes were, one, he didn't get any royalties from the WrestleMania because he was on a pre-show, they didn't put on the DVD. and Two, they wouldn't let him, at least in the moment, out of the Cruiserweight division back to wrestle regular, regular people. Do you think he was justified knowing, in, in, I get, do you think he's justified, number one, and two, where do you stand on merit versus worth in wrestling?
1: I think... At the time, he was definitely justified to be upset about the royalty thing for sure, but the glass ceiling that was the cruiserweight division at that time, because that character as a heel was white hot, and he had done all there was to do as the cruiserweight champion. He had reached the time when it was right for him to drop that title and not necessarily go to, like, world title contention, but, you know, hit that mid-card title scene, get... And that could have also potentially helped the cruiserweight division if it could have been used as a stepping stone into the mid-card and then who knows what else. It wouldn't have that like – I don't want to call it like a tainted reputation, but it wouldn't have that like cast-off feel to it. It's
0: in his own world.
1: Yes. It wouldn't feel quite as cast aside if that had been the case. So I think Neville absolutely had some legitimate complaints. And I'm not even necessarily mad if he had wanted to walk away, but like, quit, dude. Just quit. Send in your notice. If they don't want to accept your resignation, use some of your money and get. You don't even need an expensive attorney for that. A cheap attorney can quit and get you out of a contract.
0: And you're independent contractors by by the letter of the law. So technically, they can't hold you.
1: If yeah, no, they can't deny your release. If you're pissed and want to go home, all you got to do is say, you need to let me out of this contract.
0: I, I, I formally submit my resignation. That's it. So where do you stand on the merit versus worth idea? Because and I, I'm asking that specifically with Neville because I'm, list, I'm in my – so when we do this podcast and we say things that I know are going to be viewed as controversial – I'm, list- I'm already thinking of what the fans are going to say or what the listeners are going to say. I know we have a big base of listeners who will gladly say, well, such-and-such such should quit and go to TNA. Such-and-such such should quit and go to New Japan. Shinsuke didn't get the world title at WrestleMania, so he should just quit. Like, that, like, that thought process is asinine to me because, number one, one person picks who wins and who loses. So you're never going to be happy if you stake your claim based on... Like success in WWE. Number one, that's I'm sorry, but that's just factual. Number two, there are a million other factors involved, right? With with time on the card, what 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 drives you? Are you a person that's driven by like Punk was, by being the last match on the card? Are you a person driven by just having great matches? Are you a person driven by just being on TV and having reach? Like you know, a guy like Zack Zach Ryder just wants to be utilized. Like, there's a lot of things involved, but a guy like Neville, who had proven his worth in many different ways, but let's not forget, was gone for so long, was injured for the Cruiserweight Classic, was injured for a lot of these situations that happened when he tore his Achilles. When he came back, the only thing that made sense for him was Cruiserweight at the time. Right? So, like, where do you stand on that issue? So, uh... I I just want to clarify, when
1: you say merit versus worth, you're talking like work rate versus worth to the company?
0: Sure, right? Yeah, basically, because I don't like this idea, me personally, I don't want to put this on you. I like this idea that, well, if I'm not being utilized, if fans think that if he's not being utilized the way we want to be utilized, or she, they should just quit and go be the king of the indies. Okay, um...
1: I think what that comes down to, and and some of this is understandable from the perspective of just what it means to be a fan in general, Mm -hmm. people lose sight of the fact that you don't have to be world champion to be a successful wrestler, and that there's a place on the card for a lot of different things, and that you can be a career mid-carder and be a Hall of Famer. The Godfather's in the fucking Hall of Fame.
0: Well, you'd be a low carter. K- uh, Coco be where? Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and even beyond that, like, you don't have to be the most decorated performer to be popular. It's okay if your favorite is not always at the top of the card or is not always the champion or is not always in the main event. Like, That's all right.
0: But that's not okay, Kyle, to a lot of fans, which is, I think, the reason why I'm asking this question. To me and you, it's fine. Like, to me and you, it doesn't like, as long as as, I think think what most reasonable people want from their wrestling, is that or their favorites, is that they're being utilized similarly as correct as they can to the nature of their gimmick or their character.
1: Yeah, I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a great example. I love Aiden English. I think what he's doing now is perfect for him. Yeah. Perfect. I love Aiden English. I am all for him on my screen singing in those dulcet tones and reminding me that it's Rusev Day. That is a great role for him. I don't need him to be world champion. Give him a U.S. title run as a pity run in a couple years for being a good company man. That'd be wonderful. Let him and Rusev be tag team champions for a little while, all for that. But I don't need him to be world champion to be happy. I'm happy because I see him every week, and what he's doing is entertaining.
0: So so going back to Neville, which is why I asked that, and I guess we could kind of talk about all the ramifications because All In is the indie WrestleMania um, that you're going to, by the way. I want to continue to let people I remember. am
1: going to All In. Um, I think it'll be a fun card. That's I next week, right? Yes, next weekend, next Saturday.
0: You fly out when you fly out?
1: Friday, Friday. I'm a teacher. I can't take all these days off. Good point. Good point. Yeah.
0: Um, but you know, we talked about just a second ago is never justified in 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 necessarily leaving because we both feel like it's if you're if you're disgruntled or you have, I will never begrudge a person to have a problem with what they want to have a problem with. Like that's fine i I can't say anything about your you personally having a problem with something, but the but then I can say something or take issue when you have a problem with something and how you choose to take out that problem publicly right uh so of course, I got a problem with the way Neville took out took out his frustration publicly with the company because we've missed out on a year's worth of great work. He's soiled his reputation in the eyes of not only Vince and the company, but like you said, probably other promoters right. But then now there is this idea among fans that, well, you know what? If you're not getting what you want, then just leave. And I hate that notion because that's a dangerous notion. Just like the whole Daniel Bryan Occupy Raw situation was dangerous. Because now think about it. Think, go back four years ago. I'm not not, not trying to complain about anything or anything. I'm just making an observation. Go back four years ago. If Occupy Raw never happened, or the Daniel Bryan thing never happened. And WWE never made it look like the fans are the sole reason that he got pushed to Man of Man, Man of WrestleMania. Do you think we'd have the hijackings we have now? I mean, that's hard to say.
1: Um, probably not, to be honest. Probably not. But I think the other dangerous part of that assumption is the assumption that if they leave, they're going to be used somehow miraculously better.
0: And I and I I, I want you to expand on that, but I want to cite you one. Major person, Damien Sandow.
1: Yeah, Aaron Rex was a total wreck. That was a train wreck. And,
0: and the best part of why I'm so happy he bombed, and I don't mean it personally, I want that man, I want success with that man. I do. But from 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 my if I can stand on my high horse for a second, I'm happy he bombed for one reason. He bombed going out his way. You can't blame that on the company. You can't blame that on Creative because Everything he did when he left with the TNA was his idea. It was his gimmick. It was his choice. The name was his choice. The way they debuted was his choice. Deciding to go to the Liberace type idea was his choice. So fans seem to believe that... Brand's going on the fans again. I'm not trying to do that. I'm sorry. I am, but I'm not. But this idea that you leave, you're going to get utilized better. And when you get to do what you want to do, it's going to work. Everybody's not a wrestling genius like Cody is, or a marketing genius like Nick and Matt Jackson are. Everybody's not the young buck. Or of one of the guys.
1: greatest of all time like Chris Jericho is.
0: Or Kenny. Like, yeah. Like, like those guys have helped wrestling so much, but they've also, just like, just like I would argue Daniel Bryan has, but they've also hurt the perception because everybody thinks that they can be them. Yeah, I'm... Well, and that's my big
1: thing is, like, people say, you know, I'll throw an example of someone out there. Bray Wyatt has been creatively stagnant since he lost the WWE title, I would argue. Um, I wasn't here for the Deleters of Worlds. I'm sorry if you're a Deleters of Worlds fan, but, like, that was not my cup of tea. Um, and I'm a fan, generally, of Wyatt. And a lot of people say, oh, Wyatt should go to, like, New Japan because they love big foreign hosses in New Japan. And I'm like... Yeah, they do, but okay. I don't see Bray Wyatt walking into New Japan and suddenly beating Okada and Naito and Tanahashi and Ibushi. You,
0: you think it's hard to get in the main event of WWE, of Rara, SmackDown, or even NXT? The hardest main event scene to get into in the entire world is New Japan.
1: Yeah, like, he... he so, like... Don't just assume that somebody's going to leave and just instantly be a world title contender. Um, That's, I mean, but that's just my opinion. What the fuck do I know?
0: Um, I want to ask you one final question about Neville, but uh, in unrelated news, John McCain has died. Oh, no. Yeah.
1: He did just announce that they were discontinuing that treatment, and he had a pretty aggressive form of brain cancer.
0: It was pretty rough, yeah. He has died, 81 years old, John McCain. Um, so before we move on from Neville, last question. Will he be at All In?
1: Um, would, maybe. A way
0: to redebut, right?
1: Maybe. If he's at All In, it means that he's signed with um, Ring of Honor Does is what I would say. No, Does have that that
0: to mean Royals, Royals, that? No, it doesn't have to mean that.
1: No, it doesn't have to mean that. I'm not saying it has to mean that. I'm saying if he's there, it will mean that.
0: Oh, Okay. Okay, well you better yeah, talk. Yeah, I'm not saying there. it
1: has to mean that. Oh, please. You know I'm gonna be sending you all kinds of DMs.
0: Okay. Okay. Um I'll keep
1: you with the Scots posted. Shout out to Ricky. We love you.
0: We love you, Ricky. We love you too. We love
1: Clive. you too, Clive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um Coral suck it. Um <laughs> so, so we need to move on to you know what, I will save my happiness for the end of it. For the last for the last topic, we got That's some okay. commercial stuff, man. Becky Lynch, bro. This Becky Lynch situation is oh, it's okay. So if you don't know, Becky Lynch was kind of on a tear over the past few months of SmackDown, kind of earning her way back into the top of the card. Uh, from a KFA perspective, finally got the opportunity to face Carmella, uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship at SummerSlam. Uh, She's about to get jumped and beat up, and then Charlotte comes to help her. Uh, Carmella talks back to Paige, which makes Paige give Charlotte an opportunity to beat Carmella. If she beats Carmella, she gets a title shot. Charlotte, of course, wins because James Ellsworth is gone. Carmella can't beat them one-on-one. Becomes triple threat match. Becky's been bitter. Becky's been bitter the entire time, guys, if you're watching.
1: Not jealous. Bitter.
0: There's a difference. Um, at SummerSlam Becky gives her best performance she could give and Charlotte sneaks up on her, hits natural selection while she has uh, Carmella in the disarmor one, two, three. Charlotte's a 7 time women's champion, Becky goes to hug her and they embrace cause they're best friends in real life and on screen and Becky proceeds to beat the holy living fuck out of Charlotte walks out with swag on a thousand to, Whooped her
1: ass like she stole something because she did. She did.
0: And the crowd gave her the biggest ovation of the night for doing that. Tuesday, she comes out. By the way, Tuesday, not only does she come out for an, a, a segment in ring with an interview, but a, I'm not even sorry, not an interview, a promo that she's never ever had before. But, but she cut a fire ass promo. We ain't even there yet. It was a promoted promo promote at the beginning of the show well what does Becky Lynch think we'll see tonight that she never had that but yes she didn't have that shit when she was the women's champion Mm -mm. never but yes you're right she cut a fire promo so let's talk about the promo first before we get into the rest of it in the promo I want to know what you think about this so the way that it seems to be framed and this isn't backstage or dirt sheet stuff. This is just from watching television. The way the story seems to be framed is Becky is tired of Charlotte getting the, all the opportunities. Excuse me. And Charlotte winning all the time. where Becky has to work to get the, half the opportunity Charlie Charlotte gets. She feels she's better. And she's annoyed that the crowd seems to be happy with her for doing what she did. But she said, but y'all weren't there for me or y'all would not helping me when I was losing. Do you – first and foremost, we're going to get to the whole heel turn and what does being heel mean for her and all this. But how do you feel about Becky using the fans in part of her heel turn? Well, I think the one
1: thing that Becky said that people aren't paying enough attention to is right before she went in on the fans – she had made the comment like, oh, y'all seem to be behind me, or at least I thought you seemed to be behind me until Charlotte won the title, and then y'all was cheering that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, they forget. People want to overlook that entire part, and that's an important part because that's how you know it's bitterness. Mm-hmm. Because bitterness is when you know that what you're saying is a little bit on the fucked up side, but you still feel some kind of way, so you got to say that shit anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's what, like, everybody's shitting on it. And and the other thing that I think is hilarious about it is, to me, this feels like a double turn in the works. Because the crowd is naturally behind Becky. And Charlotte does work, generally speaking, better as a heel. Long term, we don't know where this is going to go. But the fact is, Becky Lynch went from somebody who wasn't even on TV for large stretches of 2017 to now building towards what's probably going to be one of the main events of the first ever women's pay-per-view versus Charlotte fucking Flair. And people are shitting in their Cheerios because I wanted Becky to be a face and now they want
0: me to boo her and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But you, but we, me and you both know that fans don't want stuff to be – fans don't want things to be right. They want what they want to be right. Fans are classic
1: control freaks in an abusive relationship. I don't want you to do what I want. I want you to do what I want the way I saw you doing it in my head.
0: Absolutely. So you're absolutely right. That's perfectly said. So there's this there's, – I, I, like I like this conversation about bitterness versus jealousy. If we can do a bit of a character study, if you will, on Becky right now. Um, I think it's something to be said, and and, and, and like, the one thing I appreciate about WWE, at least their television, is that their storylines can be disjointed, their creative can be lacking, if not terrible at times, and there's all, yeah, there's a million things you can criticize about WWE, but they're tremendous at, not only slow burns, but at foreshadowing. Even when you're not paying attention to it. If you listen to every Becky promo she's cut, even going back to the Mixed Match clap, mismatch Challenge when Sammy was trying to get her to turn on the bad side. And
1: Sammy was so excited on Twitter, by the way. When well, she turned, At, yes.
0: Yeah, talk about finally. Right, But that, but that, that's, but that's foreshadowing. That's not Easter eggs. That's foreshadowing because I hate to be the guy to break this to you guys, but the story was only going to end one way. Right. Well, one of two ways Becky wins and then she becomes another champion or Becky finally gets tired of losing and lets everybody have it. Right. And can I just say that this
1: is everything that Sasha versus Bailey should have been instead of that stop, start nonsense. This is good quality friendship dissolving storytelling right here.
0: Sure. But here's the problem. Both of that. These stories have been told already. Charlotte turned on Becky. Couple of years ago, Sasha and Bailey have already played. The, we broke up, so I, I, you're right. Look, I would have liked for something better to happen with Sasha and Bailey, but it's all forgiven if they the first women's tag champs. I'm cool with that. Then, right? It's I, because there was a purpose, while it might not have been the purpose, a purpose was still met. But yeah, in a better, in a perfect world, this that would have been much better, more similar to this. But I like. I want to talk about the dichotomy of you said a possible, a possible double turn i don't think it's happening i don't think it's happening i don't think it should happen because i think the story is more interesting with becky being in the right and charlotte the best the best thing charlotte's done this entire time has looked absolutely befuddled she cannot understand why Becky, why becky is upset she she is lost when she came out tuesday she held the title but she was like all of that for this but you a seven-time world champ yeah, but I think,
1: but here's what I think. I think that eventually, if they keep up with that, the crowds, knowing the way that crowds behave in 2018, mm-hmm. will turn on Charlotte more and gravitate to Becky more because, like we were just saying, everything that Becky says makes perfect fucking sense. Sure. All of it makes perfect fucking sense. And the crowd was behind Becky anyway. Right. And they don't want her to turn heel and they're being all pissy and bitchy about it as it is mm-hmm. so I worry that I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong I just worry that if they keep going with the Charlotte has no idea what's going on people are just going to be like oh well Charlotte's just a dumb dumb bitch and she needs to figure shit out
0: well okay so if if we go a month two months in and she's still like that that's a legitimate criticism but we're a week into it she's going she to realize what's going on right Especially since they brawled Tuesday, it wasn't a oh well what's wrong with you. It's a we straight up brawled it had to be separated by the 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 good old WWE trope. The entire locker room had to come out and break us up, right?
1: So yeah, which looks really uh, awkward with the brand split women's locker rooms because there's like, only like,
0: women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and God bless Oscar. Like no, all of the women on that on that roster are talented women and all deserve a spot in the card. And probably all deserve their chance to be at the top, but there's a very big difference between Oscar and the rest of them out there. And I'd even I'd even say while Naomi has been and could be a top star, Naomi like she should have she been Oscar, right? Like when like when when Lesnar and Roman or Lesnar and and Cena or Lesnar and uh, Taker have their big brawls or their break their Seth Rollins ain't out there, Braun Strowman out, out there, there. Ambrose in out there. They know the top guys. Bray Wyden out there. They know who the top guys are.
1: Yeah, but it li- it's like I told you when it happened. The women's divisions are so small they don't have jobbers. Don't have Everybody got to go out. Yep. They
0: don't have, they don't have jobbers. Everybody got to go out. So uh, I don't think I I do not res- I do not live on the idea that a heel has to be wrong to be a heel. I don't believe that. In fact, I truly believe that the best villains of the story are the ones that are correct. Eric Killmonger, the Miz, right? The bet, like the yeah, best. y'all.
1: The Miz is correct. He's right. If you with don't him. know, the Miz is right. The Miz is the face.
0: The Miz is the face. You know? I don't understand how y'all don't see it. He's the face of the situation. Is he a little shady? Sure, but he ain't the one oh, jumping people sure. from behind. You know, um, but. So Becky doesn't have to be wrong; she just has to be vicious in how she's proving her right, right? And I understand. So, so that I guess that be, that, that that breeds the bigger point. Are there people? Then this isn't a Becky question. This is just a general question for you. Are there wrestlers who are unturnable in this generation? Ah, in this generation, because well, Ricky Steamboat could I was never gonna say... I was gonna I'm say, saying, um,
1: if uh, let me say this: if there are, Becky is one of them. I don't,
0: but I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case anymore for two reasons. And Brian would be the other guy. I would say it's a possibility, right? For two reasons: number one, the crowd do what they want anyway, so you can't let your story be hampered by the oh, crowd. Oh, I'm not saying like, that they shouldn't try. Sure, I'm not saying that they should not try. But I know, but that's I know, that's a big part of it is. Well, you want, you, if you got a guy going out there doing terrible... Randy Orton out here pulling Jeff Hardy earlobe off. Go away, Randy Orton.
1: You know Go saying? away.
0: So, like, I, I get that, but that's a big part of it, number one. But, number two, I think these people are so tremendously talented enough to play it well enough that Becky is a hell of a performer. Not just in the ring, but as a character. And I think she's talented enough to play this so well that, much like Sami Zayn was, she can get them hating her if you give her some time. Right? Sami Zayn was... we I was out here, and you went on the show at the time, but, you know, Caleb is a super fan, but me and Carl have been saying for years Sami Zayn could have been the next Daniel Bryan had he got that just to push, right? But man, heal Sammy Zayn with the grandpa glasses. Tremendous, is great. But it took a second, right? So even though Becky's justified and she's not, and let's and let's let's fix that. She's not justified in what she did. She's justified in how she feels. The difference is, like, okay, let's say if me and you, me Kyle, if me and you are up for the same job and you get it before me. I kind of right to be upset about that. Oh yeah. I can't come jump you after I, after it happens. For sure. For sure. I'm not right? gonna slash your tires if
1: you beat me out for some shit you like that. You know what
0: I'm saying? So I understand Charlotte isn't the most Charlotte isn't the most she she does she 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 doesn't get a lot of sympathy. She's not the most sympathetic person. You know? And I think a lot of that is honestly for
1: fucked up reasons. Like Ooh, she's the favorite. Well, it's not even that. Charlotte doesn't get sympathy because she's a flare and because she's bigger than all the other women, and like physically. Yeah. And she's blonde and blah blah blah. So it's like, okay, yeah, all those things are true, but like she's still that fucking good. No, you're like, absolutely
0: right. And and at the, which is why I don't want Charlotte to turn heel, because then that would just feel that would just continue the same trope we were always used to. And I, and I don't even think Charlotte should play your, your, genuine, your, your typical run-of-the-mill face here. I think Charlotte should be out to protect what's hers. Because here's the real question, Kyle. Why ain't Becky mad at Paige?
1: Because Paige can't take bumps?
0: That don't mean that you can't be mad at her. Brian can take bumps and Brian feud with everybody.
1: Uh, I know. I mean, that's a good question. That's a good question. Right?
0: Um, because I will wanna... say
1: this though, I will say this though. I'm not going to be mad about the lack of Paige involvement in the feud because we have done Paige, Charlotte and Becky PCB. And yeah, and I'm not going to complain about less Paige in the Charlotte Becky feud.
0: I'm not either, but I but I got it. Paige but I get No, I, I get where true. you're coming from. I get right. where you're coming from. Because there's this thought process that Charlotte Charlotte backdoored her way into the title match. No she didn't. Yes let's talk about that too real quick before we move on okay uh, and I want please stop me if you think I'm saying something wrong or jump in where you for you to jump in please Becky had to earn her way back into the title picture right
1: yeah she beat like the entire women's roster except for right. Asuka
0: what had Becky done in the past 365 days 365 years
1: well, after she lost the title to after she lost the title to Alexa Bliss, she didn't do jack shit. Then she got hurt. Then she came back from being hurt and still didn't do jack shit. So like whole okay. lot of nothing.
0: What has Charlotte done in the past 365 days?
1: Uh, well, she got moved to she got moved to SmackDown. She held both titles. Came the second person to ever hold both titles. Um, whether y'all like to admit it or not, the other one's Alexa Bliss. Like, sucks to suck if you still hate Alexa Bliss. Like,
0: I'm not sure what your fucking day.
1: problem is, but yeah. whatever.
0: That's the that's conversation for another day. We'll probably go off on that one day soon, too. But continue.
1: Um. Yeah, so Charlotte's, you know, been the focal point of the division. Then she got hurt came you, back. What? You and... missed the
0: biggest part. She beat the streak. She beat Oscar at WrestleMania. She beat the streak. Charlotte. By the way, when you when when she came over to SmackDown, wasn't she champion when she came over?
1: No, she had lost the title I think oh, already. True. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, she got it very soon. Yeah. So, but so when you're talking about a person who ha- who hadn't done anything of note in the past year and had to earn a spot, talk about somebody who's been champion for most of the year. And by the way, she lost and she lost the title on the cash in. She got jumped by to uh two debuting women, right? I'm saying is Well and we also
1: have to but we also have to keep in mind the role that Carmella played in that whole thing. Like Mm -hmm. Charlotte was mostly involved in the match because Carmella was up there taunting Paige about how I beat Asuka and Charlotte Flair and I'm hot shit and blah blah blah. And Paige was like, No bitch, fuck you. You're not me Mm -hmm. You can face both these girls.
0: So all these missed details is you know, like these things matter in situations, right? These things matter when you're talking about Yeah, but Rance if
1: you but yeah, but Rance, if you keep in mind those details, then I can't just needlessly hate on WWE because it's the cool thing to do.
0: I wish I I wish I could think like that. You know, I wish I could just think like that and just think what I wanted and not let facts matter. I just, don't understand that. Like, I'm all for having your own opinion. Because Lord knows I got a ton of crazy ones. But I just, like, at at a certain point, you got to look at the facts and be like, okay, well, Becky lost a lot. She had to win a lot. Charlotte won a lot. She had to win one match. Kind of makes sense. Speaking of winning a match. So, look. Out of my love and respect for you and and the topical situations, I didn't leave with this. But... Bro, the mother, I mean, get on your high horses, man. The mother fucking shield is back. You can you can ask I, I, ask this man how hard I marked out that night.
1: I'm all I'm gonna say is he he definitely spammed our group chat with lots of uh, hounds of justice gifs.
0: So so I was I so I fell asleep in the middle of Raw.
1: It's As okay, I, I did to. too. Don't feel bad.
0: Well, but see, I fell asleep for a different reason than you did, I'm sure. Like, I fall asleep all the time. I have sleep issues.
1: Uh, yeah, Monday was my first day with students, so oh, well, I was yeah, 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 dead yeah. to the world.
0: So when I woke up, I see the alerts that The Shield is back. So I go back and watch it, and I swear, so very, very rarely does WWE surprise me because I read the dirt sheets, I kind of can see things coming, you know. They surprised the fuck out of me. Because I was not expecting that to happen. It was epic. It was amazing. Just having a... I was one of the... I was not a Brock Lesnar uh, supporter, but I definitely understood his role. But I can already tell on one Monday the difference in having a champion on television every night from one show. The match was tremendous. The, the, The aftermath was tremendous. Where are we going? I don't know where they're going.
1: I mean, I like what they're doing with Braun Strowman. I do like what they're doing with him with the briefcase. Um, I'm going to preface it with this, and I'm going to lose a lot of points with a lot of people when I say it, but I'm going to preface it with this anyway. I have never been, like, super enthralled by the Shield. I don't hate them. I don't. And I respect the talent level and all of that, but I have just never been a big Shield mark. Um, sorry, y'all.
0: Everybody I love has Dean flaws, Carl. Everybody,
1: I love everybody Dean.
0: Has, everybody has flaws, Kyle. Everybody has flaws. Okay.
1: I, I love Dean. I like Seth, all right. I used to not like Seth at all, but I like Seth now. Um, and I I respect Roman. I've just never really been all that into the Shield, but I mean, I like what their the approach is. You know, I think that they're going for this like trying to make Bronze Cash in feel like a big deal, which it should. Um, I just hope that they're not going down the road I think they're going down, which is to repeat the S.H.I.E.L.D. breakup only with Dean this time, and I really hope that's not the story they're telling, because they've done it already.
0: Yeah, but I think it would be a different wrinkle for two reasons. I'm not saying that's what I want, but it'd be a different wrinkle for two reasons. Number one, it would be really, 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 really kind of, not only cathartic, but also kind of sadistic if Dean's the reason they got back together, just to break them up. Right? And t- number two this time, it wouldn't be a... So when The Shield broke up the first time, Seth only broke up, th- Seth only broke them up because he felt that they had done all they could as a team. He wanted to be a single star. Right? Mm-hmm. If if Dean breaks them up this time, it's not gonna be that same... Thought process. It's going to be. No,
1: because Gene's already a star.
0: Right. It's all, they're, they're the three biggest stars in the company.
1: Yeah. They are yeah, their yeah. generation's. Yeah. Whether any of us like it or not, they are their generation's, like, rock, rock Austin, Triple, H, and Austin. Yeah. Triple H, yeah. H. Yeah. Absolutely. Brett, Hunt, uh, Brett HBK, Taker. Sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Cena Orton Batista. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: They are their generation's group.
0: Uh, but if it is, this time, it'll be from a vindictive standpoint. So, there, the wrinkles will be... Yes, the execution will be very similar, but the wrinkles will be different. And it'll most likely, if they do break up that way, it'll most likely end what we've, we've, what we've all wanted, the SHIELD triple threat to main event WrestleMania for the title. But I want to talk about the idea... We're going to talk about Braun's involvement in just a second. I want to talk about this idea of are they heels or faces, and even going a little further than that, why did they get back together in the first place? What do you say on that? Before I say my point, um, as
1: far as whether they're heels or their faces, I mean, as much as people love to boo Roman, Seth and Dean are too popular for them to be outright heels right now. Even though the crowd loves Braun, like they are not fixing to turn on Seth and Dean right away. They'll have to work for that. Um, Much like that. Yeah, as far as where I think they're going with it, I just kind of said where I think they're going. I think they are going with long term. Dean's gonna break them up.
0: Okay, so why do you think they got back together?
1: What why do I think the they purpose?
0: got back together in the um, Why do you, what? Who do you think brought them back together? What do you think the purpose was or the idea from a kayfabe perspective?
1: Didn't Braun hurt Dean? Isn't that how Dean got hurt? I I could be wrong. I could be no, totally Joe wrong. Heard, Joe heard Dean Oh, Joe hurt Dean.
0: I think it was hmm. Joe.
1: Hmm. Then I'm, uh, I r- honestly don't know. That's kind of why I was a little bit surprised by them getting back together. Is like Seth and Dean getting back together made sense. Why all of a sudden they're back with Roman out of seemingly nowhere? After Roman nowhere. has already banquished Brock.
0: So, so it, it's not out of nowhere because number one when 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 Dean got hurt, they were still the shield Dean got hurt in the shield right number one number two it's been it's been very very uh it's been very very clear to us through television since Dean got hurt that they all still straight, they're all good, and Roman and Seth have teamed together or had each other's back tremendously over the past six months right. So, this isn't... It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would all still have each other's backs from a from a protection standpoint. What I don't understand... Not understand, but I think what... The, let me change that. What the question is, is why did they decide to do it in the tactical gear as the shield? Had Seth and, Roman, had Seth and Dean come out to help him and Seth was still in his burn-it-down gear and Dean had the jeans and the t-shirt on? I right, cool. You helping your boy... Cause he about to get screwed in a situation where he shouldn't be getting screwed. But they came out to the shield music in the tech gear, which means that they are decided to come not as three homies, three brothers looking out for each other, but as the greatest faction in wrestling history. I said that by the way. Yes.
1: His words, not bind, Y'all his words, not mine. Oh, I
0: stand by it, bro. I said, uh, you you're, you're, you're allowed to stand by that. I need you to understand. First and foremost, there has never been a faction in history that every member of the faction was what became a superstar like a top guy world champion superstar it never happened not every member i realize that multiple members have but not every member like this and number two i'm biased because sean and sean and eddie are my favorite wrestlers ever and right underneath them is the shield so yeah everything i say take with a grain of salt I I, I I will say that as for them as a group
1: I'll I'll also throw the caveat out there. Um, when they formed and were doing most of their shit, that was a combination of my last year of grad school and first year of teaching. Did not watch a lot of the early Shield.
0: Did so not have, have the time. So you don't have a lot of, uh, you don't connection, have a lot of connection to them. Or a connection, yes.
1: Yeah, I don't have a lot of connection to them. Like, obviously, I've seen their big matches and their some of their big stuff. Like, I've seen the match with the Wyatt family at WrestleMania 30, right?
0: No, that was... The Bryce Royal family was at Elimination Chamber.
1: Oh. Well, they whatever. Wrestled, I've seen it. They
0: they wrestled the uh, Outlaws and Kane at WrestleMania. Oh, well, I've Bray, seen the Wyatt. Because Bray fought, Bray fought Cena at WrestleMania 30. The, the whole reason that the Shield and the Wyatts fought in the first place is because the Shield cost the Wyatts a spot in the Elimination... I mean, the, the Wyatts cost the Shield a spot in Elim- the Elimination Chamber match because they came and beat up sh- beat up Cena and the Shield were pissed because they would have all singularly been in the Elimination Chamber, which caused the standoff in London or Manchester, wherever it was, and the match was tremendous, but yeah. But, so, okay, let's ask this question. I know I asked you, do you think their are heels or faces, but do you think Braun has become the heel of the situation? At least, no. When I say the heel, I don't mean the heel in... Oh, he's getting booed. But to heal in, he's the bad guy.
1: No. Why not? I th- because he's te- like he's not pretending he's not going to cash in. He's not doing the, like, wait till you get your ass kicked and sneak up on you. Both times he's tried to cash in, he's told them ahead of time, as soon as this match is over, I'm cashing in. Like, just know that. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to jump you from behind, I'm not gonna ambush you, I'm letting you know right now, I'm gonna come down to the ring when the match is happening and when the match is over, whoever wins is gonna get these hands.
0: But I would argue that, one if he was a face, he would cash in before the match and number two while it is noble of him to let, <laughs> noble of him to let them know, hey you know what's coming I'm going to be out here and the match is over. But he's not even giving them a chance to collect themselves because Monday, Roman turns around after he gets his hand rose and gets kicked in the chest. So is that really giving them a chance?
1: I mean, I guess my reasoning is you're so conditioned to think that the heel move with money in the bank is to just ambush them out of nowhere Alexa Bliss style and beat the shit out of them with the briefcase. Mm-hmm. So, like, anybody who does not that automatically gets some, like, sure. face points. Sure. Um, and I feel like people are ready for Braun. So, like, I don't know. Maybe if I were more pro-shield, I would find Braun to be the bad guy in this situation. But I don't. That's fair. That's, i
0: mean that's very fair um
1: what do i don't you... consider Ambrose and Rollins to be bad for helping roman either I, I will throw that out there
0: okay um i'm really curious what they decide to do as the shield because every time the shield's gotten together there has been a threat of three or more that they've had to be together to be together to kind of take down Oh, please do
1: not. Please do not put the Wyatts back together with Braun. No, that's not what I'm pitching. Please do not. No, I just need to put that out there out loud. Please don't put the Wyatts back with Braun.
0: Okay. He does
1: not need that anymore.
0: He doesn't. But no offense to Rowan because Eric Rowan is a good hand in his own right. But Luke Harper is tremendous. Bray is tremendous. And Braun has become really good. That would really be, like, a good match. But, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not pitching that at all.
1: No, that. I will say send Bray back to SmackDown and put him and Harper back together, though, because they go together like peas and carrots.
0: They do, but the problem with them is as long as Bray and Luke are together, as long as Bray and Harper are together, Harper will always be looked at as a subordinate or a or second tier. That's the only problem, which is why they need to split up. And they're perfect together. They're perfect together. But it's a, it's... A, it's, it's and this is a bad analogy, but you get the point. It's a Ted DiBiase-Virgil situation. And that no matter what Virgil did the rest of his career, people always, he just was always a Million Dollar Man's guy. And Harper is so tremendously talented and worked so hard to move past the I'm the general of the Wyatt family that if they put him back together, that's he's going to be typecast like that for the rest of his career.
1: Yeah, but as it stands right now, him and Rowan are going to be typecast as a tag team for the rest of his career. Well, so I mean that's a similar card
0: would you glass rather ceiling. Okay. Would you well I don't I don't know. Would you rather be consistently using a tag division and tag team champion? And, and a multiple time tag team champion? Or would you rather be Alex Riley?
1: Oh hold on, hold on. Just because
0: he's the subordinate doesn't mean he has to be Alex Riley. But when they were together, what did Luke Harper do of his own consequence that did not involve Bray? Everything Luke did was I was – he yeah, Luke and Rowan had a couple matches to You know why
1: I want to – but you know why I want to see them put back together? Because yeah. when they broke up the first time, I never got Bray versus Harper, and I want That's Bray versus Harper. That's I want that story. I want them back together, and I want Luke to get tired of being Bray's lackey, and I want him to out-Wyatt Bray Wyatt. So what should have happened with Randy Orton? Yeah. That should have been a triple threat match. Like, that really should have been a triple threat match. It would have been so much better closure for that story. And it would have made that awful match better. I was there live. That match was the drizzling shits.
0: Was it bad because of the theatrics? Or was it just bad? The theatrics didn't make any sense live
1: because it was silent. It was just, like, random-ass projections on the screen and them standing there. And it's like this is fucking terrible. That's fair. That's fair. I get it. Um. But I don't know I don't know who the threat of three could be for the shield if you don't if it's gonna if they're gonna stick with Roman versus Braun, which makes sense because Roman and Braun are each other's probably best singles rivals. Peter Griffin and the Big Chicken. Yeah, like, they just work together, and they have good chemistry together, so it makes sense for that to be the program. But if you're going to make that the program, you've got to give Braun lackeys, and if you don't put him with the Wyatts, then I don't know who his lackeys are.
0: Well, you don't have to.
1: That's, that's why I think— Oh, wait, to- is, is Braun going to get these hands versus The Shield on his own?
0: Well, if so, Bra- I am so here for that. In Braun's mind, yes, that's what he wants to do. I am but, so here for that, but if you look at it, uh, the, 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 I think the question is, if so, they all right now have separate feuds, right? Dean, Dean and Seth are kind of dealing with uh, the show McIntyre and Ziggler. they're dealing
1: with HBK and Diesel only as Triple H and Diesel in twenty eighteen,
0: yes. Um, and absolutely, and you know, Roman got his own shit, but you know, so there's not one tied together threat which I think will make this iteration of The Shield a little more interesting if they're going to really go at at it because historically except for what the month they decided to go for separate titles like right after when they started they've always fought the same threat but they're fighting multiple threats now which will give it a different wrinkle that it's not just six man tags every Monday you know what I mean Gives it a different yeah. wrinkle, uh, which I think is interesting to me. Like when remember when they first got back together just recently before before Roman before Bray wiped the whole locker room out with mumps or meningitis whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I I liked that they came out together as the Shield for like the first promo, or the first thing of the night, and then when they had the singles matches, they came out singularly from the back with their regular music as singles people. While I like the new shirt, where when they have the fists, it's not just three fists. It's Ambrose's fist with the tape. It's Roman's fist with the gauntlet. And it's Seth's fist with the glove. To show their individuality, as well as their togetherness. Well, I think one thing we've also got to keep in mind from the short-term
1: booking perspective is Survivor Series. I know it's early, because SummerSlam just that. happened. I but if we're going to continue... The Survivor Series tradition of Raw versus SmackDown, which makes sense. The first two have been pretty decent. Um, You could have an opponent for them there. I don't know. They did the Shield versus the New Day, and it was great. But but that'll be something different. Maybe they'll put them in the Raw
0: versus SmackDown main event. I I don't see it happening because unless unless they drastically change it because they what they're saying is, this is the one night of the year round versus SmackDown happens. So that's the case then, like last year, Universal Champion fights the WWE Champion. So we should be seeing Roman versus AJ, or Roman versus Joe, right? Or Braun versus AJ or Joe.
1: Or one of them versus The Miz.
0: I like what you said there.
1: Um, I'm just saying.
0: Possibility. Very big possibility, even though even (sighs) though we I'm got, just
1: saying, if it happens, I'm gonna come on the show that week, and I'm just gonna spend like the first five minutes basking in the awesomeness of Miz being champion.
0: Sure, but we got to get to the Bellas first. We got to get to the Bellas versus the Mizaneros.
1: Do we have to deal with another Bellas versus Mizanin's feud?
0: I, that is the first thing I thought of when I saw it happen. I was like, "Well, this is WrestleMania all over again,"
1: <sighs> which upsets me because. <sighs> Nikki got if boomed, Cena was, was, well, no, down. it upsets me because if Cena was just going to go away again, then Miz and Maurice should have gone over because Miz could have used that win. But instead, they've jobbed it out so that Cena could propose to Nikki in the middle of the ring.
0: Well, that's the problem. We look at it negatively because they broke up, but look, and I'm not a reality TV whore. I'm not, but... I'm a big in wrestling. I'm big on moments, right? Moments matter to me, because at the end of the day, all this shit, like I will, I'm, I'm not gonna remember the work rate of match number five on the card of the fifteenth week. Of, I'm not gonna remember that shit. I'm gonna remember the moments though, and that is one. Of, that is a, a one of the most memorable moments in Mania history. So if they wouldn't have broke up, it would be looked at more favorably because Miz. Miz had to die for a great deed to be done. So now it looks stupid that Miz lost because they broke up. But had Although I together. will
1: say I do hope we get the return of total Bella's bullshit.
0: Dog, I, because when, when they did the I, one with Brian Yes!
1: Please give me the return of total Bella's bullshit.
0: By the way, for those of you wondering why, uh, why the Bellas came back and we're at SummerSlam with Ronda. Breeze wrestling a match at the next pay-per-view. Nikki's coming back. Like, they're actually trying to wrestle again. And
1: I, I'm worried about Nikki continuing to
0: wrestle from a health standpoint. As long as she wrestles smart and doesn't wrestle every week, she'll be all right. She'll be all right. I think, I hope. I, now, granted, she's not in the state that Brian was. But she probably shouldn't be wrestling. But I'm okay with the, wanting to get one more in. You know, I, so I'm, okay. I'm okay with her wanting
1: to be, get one more in. I just hope it doesn't become one of those things where like she keeps wanting to get one more in, like get oh, your big moment and then but go Kyle, while you still walk.
0: But Kyle, I thought you I thought you knew that that Nikki didn't love wrestling. Nikki is a model who only
1: I mean wrestling for her relationship. Here's what I'll say about Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella doesn't do it for me, but Nikki Bella got a lot fucking better in the ring over the course of her career, so did Brie. and showed a commitment. Bree did too, but Nikki more so yeah. than Bree. Like sure. Nikki got to the point where Nikki puts on better matches than Alexa does.
0: Nikki was a top level wrestler in her in, in the women's division at one point. Yes,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like Nikki yes. puts on, you know, a higher caliber of match than an Alexa or a Carmella, and I don't hate Alexa and Carmella the way the other people do. Yeah. But, like, Nikki gets shit on because she's Nikki. And I get that. Mm-hmm. I do. But, like, she'll put together a serviceable match. And Ronda hasn't disappointed yet. So, like...
0: Well, hold on. Don't put those I, two together. Because I was going to ask you, do you believe that rumor that it's going to be Nikki and Ronda at Evolution? I don't believe it for one second. I mean, I still think Shayna
1: Baszler's going to
0: pop out of the woodwork
1: and Me become too. Stephanie McMahon's test. Me too. Hmm. So, Wouldn't that be
0: hilarious that Stephanie McMahon is gonna get a test? That that's a throwback for all of you guys who've been watching wrestling for 20 yeah. plus years.
1: Yeah. All you young kids that don't know who Test is, look up Shane McMahon and Test, and look up the Test and Stephanie wedding. It's a great moment in Raw history,
0: wrestling history. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's let's kind of end with this kind of uh with with just I want to know what were your thoughts on over the overall weekend, Takeover, SummerSlam. Give me your thoughts. Like, what did you like? What did you not like? What matches did you like? Were you happy with the finishes or the winners? Like, give me your thoughts. All right, I'm going to start with a couple things. First one,
1: I'm sorry, Clive. I know you hated it, but I loved Velveteen Dream's tights at TakeOver. I was a big fan. Love it. I was a big fan of the Biggie shout-outs and Call Me Up Vince. That was funny. I I was thoroughly entertained.
0: With the Coogee sweater and the crown? Yeah, and the crown. Come come on, dog.
1: Yep, just everything about it. Dream never fails to disappoint. He's amazing. Um, but uh, my match for Takeover was unsurprisingly Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era because they're just fire together all the time. Can
0: can I say one thing real quick? And I want to keep one. I hate, I hate what they've done in the past two matches with the towel. It infuriates me to my to my soul. It infuriates me. So much because it is so out of the realm of of, of all of our thought processes that a, of that a wrestler would just stand on the apron and let their let their teammate get hurt and, and and look like people they break up all the time in every tag match in every company, but Trent and, and Tyler just gonna stand there. But I'm supposed to believe that they're standing there because they love each other more than normal. Like no, bruh.
1: That's a valid criticism. I'm not even gonna shit on it. That's a valid criticism. Like that's um, why I hated. I the just five enjoyed the fuck out of, of the match.
0: That's why I hated the match they did at, five, at Full Sail. It got five stars and it's a great match, but it was it took away from it, that Tyler throwing in the towel to lose the titles when he could have just got in there and broke it up, or better yet, get disqualified and keep the titles but save your man's leg. Like that killed everything for me. So, but I'm sorry. I just needed to say that to you. I don't know if I've been saying that. Oh, no, that's right. valid.
1: No, that's yeah. valid. I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit here and argue. That's a Great valid match,
0: criticism. Un- the unspoken um, era tag team matches, Roddy and, and Kyle are having tremendous tag matches, by the way.
1: Yes, to the point where, like, I was a big fan of Red Dragon, and I am a big fan of Red Dragon. But even when Bobby Fish is ready to go, I don't want him and Kyle O'Reilly back together. I want Kyle and Roddy to stay together. Bobby Fish can do something else. He can do some single stuff. He can
0: That's manage.
1: fine. Yeah, he can manage. I mean, Bobby Fish is in his early 40s anyway, so, like, whatever.
0: And, he's, uh, and he was already the best talker of Red Dragon.
1: Yeah, so, like, keep Roddy and O'Reilly together as the actual team. Um, But my spot of the night goes to Ricochet and Adam Cole with that super kick spot. That was probably spot of the weekend for me that springboard moonsault move um you know takeover was another great show I was happy to see Kari Sane get the belt because I do think Shane is gonna end up being called up soon to be the new test um SummerSlam my only complaint with SummerSlam and it's not a complaint because I'm against squash matches but like I really don't know where Kevin Owens goes from here
0: that's a fair question. That's a, that's. A I real question.
1: really don't know, and it upsets me because Kevin Owens is so good, and so versatile, and capable of so many things. He's a top star, and yeah, he's a top star, and he just feels so directionless and so defeated after a two minute squash, in spite of the story that they told, because mm-hmm. it fit with the story they've been telling of. Owens being afraid of Braun and not wanting to fight Braun and blah blah blah. That made sense. But it still like damaged Kevin Owens a little bit. And I don't know where they're going anymore. I aside from that, aside from that, I was good with the weekend. I was not expecting to see Demon Finn Balor. I was not expecting to see Demon Finn Balor. Um that was an interesting wrinkle on the weekend.
0: Well, Okay, so so I want to I want to talk about takeover real quick, and I get on, but this won't be long. But I Mrs. Mountain versus Undisputed Era was tremendous. EC three, and I've I've said his criticism about him, when, even when he was back in Impact or TNA or whatever the hell they call themselves. Great look, great guy, great talker, great character, subpar wrestler, and it shows. Yep. And it yep. shows. And it shows, especially when he's in his big matches where he's in a match on a pay-per-view that's been heavily promoted, it shows that he is not measuring up, especially...
1: And Dream a- is young and inexperienced enough that he still needs a veteran to lead him through the match. It's not that he's not capable yeah, of exactly. having outstanding matches. It just helps. But yeah, he's still young enough that he needs somebody to general for him.
0: Like Alistair and Ricochet. Like, those matches were yeah. different because those guys been wrestling for 10, Even years.
1: Even his match with Cassius Ono.
0: Yeah. You know, that was booked properly because ono has been doing it for
1: so long and knows what he's doing. By the
0: way, Cassius Ono jumped Alistair Black. We'll talk about that another day.
1: All right. I'm down with that.
0: We'll talk about it. We can talk about it now if you want to. I just, I'm yeah. down
1: with it. Yeah, let's do it. That was one okay. of the
0: big mysteries of TakeOver. Well, okay. Let me finish my thoughts on TakeOver real quick, and then we'll talk about yeah. that. We'll end the show. Um, but I just want to say about easy three, by the way, um, right man one, of course, um, Ricochet, and Adam Cole, you said everything, you, you said everything I was going to say. Tremendous right man won. Uh, I was not happy with Kyrie say winning, not because I don't, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of hers. I think she's great. I like her. The pirate stuff is hokey to me, but there's been hokier stuff. But what pissed me off about that match was, and this is just, this is, we all have our pet peeves. I hated that she didn't sell her leg. And it wasn't like, oh, I kicked you in the knee once or twice. In kayfabe, Shayna broke her leg. Damn near. And she only sold it once when she did the stupid little taunt when she does the corner running elbow. Other than that, she didn't sell it once. When When she held her in the anchor, the new submission she uses, she shouldn't have been able to do that with her leg. So that took me off of it completely. It took me back to WrestleMania 30, when Brian had the superhuman uh, effort against Batista and Randy Orton, as Triple H did everything he could to damn near break his shoulder. Like the match was fine from a, from a match standpoint, but it turned me off so much because I just wa- We just watched Ember Moon twice, act like she her her arm was so afflicted she was like twitching, and then Kyrie just comes out here and just starts walking around like it ain't shit. Like, that bothered me. Oh, that's Ch- a fair criticism. That's a Chump- fair criticism. Yeah. Chump and Gargano was the greatest feud of all time. Yeah. I, yeah, I have- And people, and to people who are saying that
1: Gargano should have won and they're pissed that Gargano didn't win, all I'm going to say, and I've said it before, and I'm just going to keep coming back to it, Tommy Dreamer never beat fucking Raven. Ever. Well,
0: l- last night.
1: but La- yeah. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. In but- the build of that
0: feud, like, who gives a shit? Here's why Johnny should lose, keep losing. Johnny should keep losing because Johnny is not Johnny. Johnny has become Champa. When Johnny finds himself again, it becomes Johnny wrestling again, and it's pure, and it's happy, and it's love. Then he'll win that match, and uh, it'll be at it'll be a WrestleMania, uh, Takeover Mania, but Takeover tremendous. SummerSlam. I love the squash matches. I hate what it means for Owens. But I love the squash matches because they all made sense. It wasn't just random ass squash matches for no reason. Demon Finn Balor should always squash Baron Corbin in the situation that they were in, right? Nakamura didn't need to go long with Jeff Hardy. It, Jeff Hardy did something stupid, jumped off the apron for a swanton, landed on the apron. It should have been. It was over. It's what it, like it should have been. And the whole story Bron and Kevin Owens was what it was. Kevin Owens will. Bounce back, but yes, it's that's a negative. But the match made sense. All the big matches, uh, they owned, especially with Braun going in the main event like he did. It made sense. Everything that should have happened happened. I don't have any complaints from Summerslam at all. Alistair Black, and then we'll end with this. So I have really, I'm like, I love Who Done It. I love them. Like I, love, I, I like I, I have. I
1: think they're one of the best ways to pull off a turn. I really tremendous. do.
0: Tremendous. They're rates. one of
1: the best ways to pull off a turn. I
0: uh, tremendous. I, I love, I, I love, I love Who Done It. Like I have the book, the movie, and the game Clue. I did, it, I for I did, I did it, it for, for the, the Rock. I did it for the Rock. Did it for the people. You did it for the Rock, but the Rock was the world champion at the time. Like, what are you doing? I did it for you, Rock.
1: That's Rikishi. For those of you that are young and don't know what we're talking about. Yes,
0: Rikishi was a bad guy. Rikishi was yes. a bad guy for like six months.
1: Yes, he he was the one who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: Who? um on- it, it was all revealed, but he didn't do it for he didn't do it for the Rock. He didn't do it for his people. He did it because Triple H gave Triple H him, like paid him hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> so, just went back to the feud that he was in before. But so, who donuts are still great. <laughs> So, but the way, but the way they did this one, NXT is the best wrestling on television, because the the singular shot they did when they went and got Regal, starting with Gargano walking in, holding his head, the undisputed era driving off in the car, playing their theme music from the car, like just the the, the different vantage points and angles, and everybody doing their own thing. It was, I love it. It was so choreographed but perfect. It looked like it was real. Everything. So, I've gone back and watched all the footage. Over and over and over and over and over again. Because I'm a nerd like that. It could have been one of three people. Realistically. It could have been Champa Because Chompa was walking away holding the title. It could have been Lars. Because if you watch the the main, the very first video. You see the big dude walking in in the, the light green, yellow shirt with the red t- trunks. Walking up the driveway away from Full Sail, and it could have been Cassius Ono, and I'm gonna tell you why. It could have been Cash's Ono from a from a from a literal point, and why from a from a storyline point. We see Cassius Ono walking up on, I believe it was Dakota Kai, or and uh, and uh, Candice, or it might have been Kyrie and Candice. Number one, he was walking up on like, and they looked at him like, "What are you doing here?" And two, he came from a very weird angle, just randomly coming to sit down. Let me tell you why, from a storyline standpoint, this catches ono. If you followed Ono since he's come back, right? He's had some pretty decent matches, but he's become a gatekeeper, literally and figuratively. Um, What Tyler Dillinger was for a good portion of the time. Well, recently, if you look at, like, his bigger matches recently where, like, the match against Gargano, you know, um, that was the match that got Gargano in the Fatal 4-Way. We're going back, right? We're going back before even before Alister won the title. He bullied the hell out of Gargano. He was laughing at Gargano in the match, like, I'm twice your size, what are you going to do? In his matches, he's very clearly still a face, sticks up for people, does the right thing. But in the matches he bullies people. And not like he beats them up, but like he's laughing at you, kicking you in the back of your head. Like yeah. the average
1: know. NXT wrestler is pretty small and uh is Cassius huge. is like six five, two. Three hundred pounds no,
0: he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's three. Pounds. You're right, you're right. He's, he's big three. guy. And he moves like a cat, so but he's but he's huge. But he's had so many high profile losses. He lost to Lars at one well, at Takeover uh, WrestleMania, I think it was Takeover mm-hmm. Orlando. He lost to cash Zono. He,
1: he Lost not, a, I mean, cash,
0: to Dream, I mean, yeah.
1: Yep, he lost to Dream.
0: But in his most recent matches on NHT Full cell Television, you could see him getting upset. Like you can see in his in his like he's getting upset, he's losing, and when he wins, he stands over him like I beat your ass. Spoiler alert, this this isn't saying what he did. We still don't know that he did it for sure. But, spoiler alert, in the tapings, he had a promo where he said, I know I'm the gatekeeper, so I'm going I I was new. I know now that I've become the guy that beat that fight to new guys. So anybody who's coming in here, I'm going to whoop that ass. Essentially, which is basically saying that he's been for Matt Riddle.
1: Uh, I was gonna say, so either Matt Riddle or Keith Lee is gonna beat
0: his ass next? Well he wouldn't have said that he wouldn't have said that and Keith Lee already debuted. It's definitely about Matt Riddle, especially considering how Cashizano was a brawler, Matt Riddle's a brawler, it just would make sense.
1: Think they're gonna let you think they're gonna let Matt Riddle keep wrestling barefoot?
0: I don't know, man. They learned a lesson with Rusev. They learned a lesson.
1: Yeah. That's a broken foot waiting to happen.
0: I don't know why he hasn't got it yet?
1: Because he's that damn good, I guess. I don't know. Kind
0: of part of his appeal, though, isn't it? Yeah. Come on with the flip flops and the and the bro. We'll see. But I think it's Cash's own. if it is, you heard it here first.
1: An Outsiders Edge original prediction.
0: Outsiders Edge original, absolutely. And his reasoning, and that's why, and that's why Lars was walking away because he was coming to do it. And Ono got to him first. Think about it. I like
1: it. I'd be down. Look I'd how far NXT a little heel heavy right now, but I'd be down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And some, some, you're right. Something's got it. Well, but Keith Lee just debuted. Matt Riddle's gonna debut. Matt Riddle's it. debuting, so it's, it's 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 gonna even out a bit. But think about it. Why would Lars be so far away if he had just if he just knocked him out?
1: You're right. Understand. I got a question. I got a question for you though. Yes. What's next for Ciampa now? Because I mean, I, I eventually him and Gargano will go at it again. Yes, but I mean, I think in the short term, at least, he's going to move on for now. So, like, what's next for Ciampa? Who's I'll his be next Black. opponent? So it's
0: oh, going to be him. Oh,
1: going to come back and be. It's going be,
0: right because he just had groin surgery. He'll be back in like a month. So at War Games, it'll be him. It'll be Alistair and and Champa because he he's, he's old a rematch. Right? And then I think that's when Ono will jump Black and admit it on television that it was me. Because I know Black don't know who it was. He has not mind. Right? Which will lead to Ono and Black at Royal Rumble and then maybe Black can be in the Rumble the next night and be called up. And Ono gets the big heel rub and yeah, that's, that's my thought. What's
1: next for Adam Cole? Bay Bay.
0: I was... So I thought he might get called up, but I'm now I'm completely 100% sure. That stable is a unit. They're getting called up as a, as a group. Yeah, that's like perfect. If for no other reason than that theme song is so fire, and they are all going to keep using it. Oh, my God, yes. And I love the addition of the little bottom part on the logo now to make it look like the S2. Yeah, with the, the S with the strap. Yeah, yes. Um, But they're definitely going to be in, in War Games again. Uh, I don't know against who yet. It might be it might be uh mustache mountain. Yeah, but Bobby and War Fish Raiders. could be
1: back by then.
0: That's what I'm saying. no, I think it's gonna be a four four four. And
1: oh, okay. My okay.
0: prediction is gonna be all four of this I don't know anything. Prediction. It's gonna be all four of the Undisputed Era versus the War Raiders and Mustache Mountain, or the War Raiders, Ricochet and Pete Dunn. I don't know which group of the two, but I think it's Or the War
1: be. Raiders and Lorkin and Birch. Wishful thinking.
0: They are back. But that wouldn't sell because there's no main guy. Yeah, no I paper. know,
1: I know. But plus it's still wishful thinking.
0: Plus Ricochet and Pete Dunne have a match for all the titles at the tapings. You'll see it. I I am not going to tell you anything. You'll see it. Um nice. that'll be a good match. Well yeah, but they so he's definitely going to have to get his rematch against Ricochet eventually or Pete Dunne, whoever is champ at the time. But uh, they'll be up at WrestleMania.
1: That's I could see it. I could see it. And Adam Cole's gonna get a huge pop at WrestleMania. If even if he's on the pre-show, he's gonna get a huge pop. Crowd loves doing that shit.
0: Doesn't matter where it's gonna be. It could be in it could be in Paducah, Kentucky. Yep. They're gonna Adam Cole, baby, and what's the hell great, out of And what's
1: great is and what's great is They've been doing it for years. Like that—that that is some shit that he's been cultivating
0: for a long
1: fucking time.
0: You said cultivating. It's not even clever. Nope. That's, a, that's the best part about it. It's not even it's clever. It's not at shit. all clever. But it's fun to do. It's just—it's so fun to do. I was gonna say, don't even act like you haven't gone to a show and done that shit. Oh, I was at War Games, the first one in Houston, and we—we we, Adam Cole, baby made the Hell, we—we—we we, we we, we gave Dream the biggest. Biggest cheers he had gotten at the point. We cheered Andrade like crazy to be Drew. And we, in Undisputed Era, got so much love. I thought that Adam Cole was born in Houston for a second. I mean, he does have black parents. Yeah, I'm t- <gasps> any, any dude named Jenkins. I'm telling you. Telling you. <laughs> um, tell them where they can find you, bro.
1: All right, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Dr. S'mores, capital D, as in Doctor, capital S, as in S'mores.
0: You can uh, also follow Carl at Outsider Curving. He wanted me to remind you guys that eventually, sometime within the next four or five years, he will be dropping his new column that is almost finished. Mm-hmm. That he says You guys are going to love it. Yes, when he drops it three years from now. <laughs> no, he says it's almost finished. I am... I am actually working on, and it will probably be finished by next weekend, um, a column on why Gargano and Ciampa is the greatest feud of all time. That is my return column, and it should be done by next week. Um, By the way, you can also follow me uh, at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollar signs. Uh, Of course, the shout-out, Social Suplex, at Social Suplex. Find the podcast, Social Suplex Podcast Network, wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, all of them, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, all of it. 1A Radio 1S2 Radio, 1A uh, Radio, Ricky and Clive, the big homies at Ricky and Clive, Keeping a Strong Style, the Japan Show at Chaos Strong Style, Grown Men, watch this shit, the indie show at Grown Men Pod, follow all of us, uh, check us all out. Oh,
1: a special shout-out to friend of the show, the Doc, Chad Matthews, for announcing his impending retirement after WrestleMania.
0: It... That... I haven't had time to... So... Look, man. Chad and I started together. Chad and I started together. Like, we started writing columns. He wrote... He did reviews for years. But when he decided to start writing columns... Chad and I started within, like, months of each other and are in that same uh, class, if you will, of Lord's of Pain writers with Shane and Chris Bear and Pringle and Carl, I think, came in, if not at the end of our class, the beginning of the next, but, like, Benjamin Button, like, a lot of great writers. So I feel this, this kind of kinship with Chad, and, you know, you guys know Chad's one of my big homies, right? But I haven't had time to process that yet. Like, I feel a certain way about that. I don't know how yet. So I'm sure it'll come to me, but you know,
1: the big message is we love you, Doc.
0: Love you, Chad. Yeah, L- gonna miss you, man. Um, but I have a big announcement to make. I it's 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 or it's soon enough where we can make this announcement. I have told you guys that there will be something special on the third or Labor Day, uh, for us. or if you live across the pond the third. Um, There will be a special joint panel show between the Outsider's Edge, all three of us, Ricky and Clive. We are doing a mid-year awards show. So, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be simulcast. The first half of the show will be on either Ricky or Clive or Outsider's Edge, and the second half will be on the other one. We haven't figured out because we we might do uh, Outsider's Edge, our part, early. So that Cal can come on and we could do an all-in recap later on in the week, but uh, yeah, so Half of is going to be on the Edge, Half of is going to be on Ricky and Clive. Look out for that. Uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to do a mid-year awards, uh, and if you listen to us, you would know that all five of us have very different opinions, so that would be interesting. Uh, look out for that. That's that would be we'll be recording that next monday and it should be coming out probably that tuesday and that wednesday so yeah we hope you enjoy that that's a big deal for us trying to do something special very fun super excited about that um other than that man anything yet Nah, i think that about covers
1: it um you know rest in peace to john mccain and you know thoughts to the mccain family while they deal with that um but yeah, it was a good week for wrestling, and hopefully, hopefully they can continue this pattern of strong televisions.
0: Well, this was this was a tremendous week, but also, Raw is very very we're really looking forward to that. Looking forward to SmackDown, first NXT of the new tapings, and Saturday and Sunday, StarCasting all in. Yeah, if there was ever a week for you to to. Hunker down and get ready to watch. This is it. Uh, so, I mean, of course, I'm gonna talk to you publicly, but I'll, but privately, but publicly, I want to wish you and everybody else going all in. Jeremy and Josh, I think, are going, and
1: yeah, they'll be there. there.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Rich and James are going, but I know Jeremy and Josh are going. Safe travels, enjoy yourself. Uh, yeah, everybody going, have a good time, have fun, and um, want to end you on on the same note we try to end all the time. Want to remind you guys that we care very deeply about our profession and our craft. And uh, we hope that you know that. And if you did not like anything you saw on the show, we want to remind you that we are doing our best. And And following our dreams. Following our dreams. So you have to respect that, right? Have a good night. And if you don't, fuck you. That's good. No, I was going to say that's just Kyle, but that's me too. Good night, guys. (laughs)